0: What's up, everybody? I'm Michael Nettemeyer here with Jeff King and Joe Geary, and you are listening to the Witwin Podcast. Whatever it takes, whenever it's needed, we're talking all things real estate. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about lead generation, right? That's kind of a nasty word in our industry. Yeah, right? it's uh, lead generation. <laughs> live or die by it. That's right. So you hear it all the time, right? Lead generation, and people want to... Everyone, When you get into real estate, it's the first thing you hear. You need to lead generate. Lead generation, you should be doing three hours a day everyone talks about lead generation, but what exactly is lead generation? And I think a lot of people miss, mis- you know, there's a misconception that it's just picking up the phone.
1: Yeah. There's uh, multiple ways to do it. I mean, some people prefer one way or the other, but I'd say whatever way you like, stick with it and keep doing that. So really you can do the phones, you can do door knocking, open houses. They're all great avenues to lead generate. Yeah. For and your and business.
0: And that's what I think is so important. I went to a, um, a training back in 2011 and, The the biggest takeaway from it was that there were all of these people on stage. They were basically all had a very big business, right, in their own way 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars in sales. And everybody was doing things differently, but they found what worked. One person did open houses, one guy would call expires, one was for sale by owners, one was door knocking. And so every every type of lead generation works. I think it's finding the one that works best for you and then going 100 feet deep on it and not just trying a little bit of each. So let's kind of talk through the different types of lead generation and then talk about a little bit about what we do as a team on a daily basis and like what we find works most effective for us as a team.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important to realize that there's no one right way or wrong way to do lead generation and kind of both of your points Do something that you're going to enjoy with lead generation, because if you have to do this on a consistent basis and you hate doing it, you're probably not going to stick with it long enough to see any real results. And while the phone calls are honestly, for me, that's what I like doing best, is a great form of lead generation because you can talk to a high number of people, so really going that high volume route when you're doing circle calls and you're making sure that you're talking to as many people in those three hours of lead generation as possible, you know, we can make anywhere between 200 to 250 phone calls an hour. And then also too, with that, if you're talking to 20, 25 people, if you have almost a 10% contact rate, a lot of times it's going to be more depending on the time of day. It's easy to start having conversations and getting nurtures and then starting to fill your pipeline. And that's a simple way for lead generation to get started, especially if you don't necessarily have uh, the know-how on the other areas or forms
0: of lead generation. It's an easy way to get started. So let's talk a little bit about that, kind of like what our phone calls we're making. Because a lot of people listening might not know who exactly we're calling. All right, so, so let's talk a little bit about that. Who are we calling every day? Like one form of lead generation, right? Circle Prospect. Yeah. So let's, let's explain a little bit about what that is.
1: So Circle Prospect, it's more long-term. You're not necessarily going to find an appointment like Snap right away. It's more long-term growth. So that's like probably 60 to 90 days out, those people will be ready. Because you're going to find a lot of people that you know, have considered moving in the future, but they're not necessarily ready today. But if you put those in your database and keep following up with them, then it's going to lead to appointments like, Jeff, you're on a roll right now just because of all those nurtures that you've had from Circle Dial. Exactly. So what I'm saying is that the people that I've talked to, even past
2: the, the summertime of last year in 2018, are now getting and gearing up and getting ready to list their homes coming into these next couple of months here in January, February, and March. And that's awesome to see because at the time when we had the conversation and the people for, for those lists that we were calling were simply what were just solds in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we have the conversation, we say, hey, we just sold your neighbor's home at 123 Main Street and really we're trying to figure out if they know of anybody else who's also considering buying or selling a home. So it's not even necessarily right about that person that you're talking to, but potentially they've heard of another neighbor that's looking to move or maybe they're looking to move, which is kind of the second part of that script when you ask if they would be interested Getting top dollar for their home, you know, would they consider a conversation? And if they're not ready right now, here today, we have an email market report that we're able to start setting them up on, so that they can see more information on the the home that's sold in their neighborhood that we're calling on. But then also too, as time goes on, month over month, they can see what other homes in their area are selling for as well too. So it's a really good resource for kind of being able to provide value, but not being super pushy and trying to get an appointment right. Now, right there today when they aren't ready, but adding value in that market report and then following up with them on a weekly or monthly basis, depending on what their motivation level was in order to continue to build that relationship and nurture that lead till they are ready.
0: Agreed. And so just to recap that, so circle prospecting, what it is, it's basically we draw a circle around a house, right? We just sold a house, we draw a circle around it and we pull every phone number or all of those homeowners information within that subdivision. And then we call those sellers to see if they know anyone, as like you mentioned, that's thinking about selling their home at this time, or even if they're interested in right. selling, if they could get top dollar for their home. So that's one of our biggest lead generation sources. Now, conversion on that. Do we get 100 appointments a day from it? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. We, we talk to 100 people, and you might get one appointment, right? Yeah. And that's kind of our conversion, 100 to 150 conversations to get an appointment. And we're not, And, and of course, we're looking to set an appointment every single day. But really what we're really focused on in those calls is how many nurtures can we get. And a nurture is anyone looking to buy in the next six months or sell in the next six months or sooner. We call a watch, anybody looking in the next 12 months or sooner. And our goal is to fill our database with as many of those people as possible because we know that if... If followed up correctly, that's all gonna turn into future business, correct? Yeah. And it's also what I'm
2: finding is that you can receive referrals from the people that you're nurturing. And that was an awesome eye opener for me. That's how one of our one of the deals that we have closing in February happened, <coughs> that the the seller of the home that I was talking to, he had a referral and that person, that individual is much more motivated and ready they needed to buy a house right now and now they're closing in February. So just because Mm -hmm. the person that you talked to didn't necessarily buy or sell a home, the fact that you can continue to talk to them on a regular basis, talk to them about the market reports and really just stay in contact with them to add value in anything that they need, they'll remember you when somebody else they come across is looking for advice on buying or selling a home. have you in mind because
0: you're positioned as that resource for them agreed i think that's a great point because that is something to think about that just because that person isn't necessarily buying or selling it i mean that's amazing to get a referral from somebody that you've really never met exactly right but you put them in their database and you're providing enough value with your market reports and staying in touch that they think highly enough of you to refer someone else to you no doubt I mm-hmm. think that's pretty cool and, and i also think that with circle prospecting it's One of the things where, again, it's not going to be the highest conversion, but it is extremely effective. With that in mind, you have to continue to do it consistently. It's not something you can do one day. Like, we'll have times where we go and talk to, what, three or 400 people without getting any appointments. That's right. Yeah. Right? And you have to keep digging and keep doing it consistently. But I think for us, the key is that if we're adding to our database, we know that all of those people, not all of them, but there's a high probability that people we're adding to our database will turn into clients at some point. And it's not may not happen today, tomorrow, next month, even next year. It could be two or three years from now. And that's okay because if you're in this business to really make a career out of it, does it really matter when they they buy? Does it matter if they buy today or three years from now? At some point, they're going to buy. It's still going to be a sale at some point from the effort you're putting in today. The problem is most people will try this once or twice – and then they'll be like, well, I didn't get anything, or I only got one or two nurtures. And instead of continuing to practice their scripts and get better, they just kind of kick it to the side and don't really give it, you know, and, and that's another thought too is how long so with circle prospecting or with any lead generation strategy, how long should you do something and stick with it before you give up on it? You should never
2: give never up give on up. it. I really, I really truly believe that because you could though the worst contact streak that I've had was about five hundred and almost fifty contacts mm-hmm. before I was finally able to set that appointment. I touched about on that a little bit earlier in, in a different episode. But the point of that is will you be willing to talk to five hundred and fifty people, have the rejection of all five hundred of them saying no to you, that they don't know anybody, they're not interested. And will you still continue to make those phone calls? Right. And if the answer is no, you need to reevaluate how you look at the lead gen process mm-hmm. because there, there is a breakthrough at some point in time. And if you're lead generating on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and you're not giving up on it, you will eventually have someone that you can talk to that is interested in setting an appointment and selling their home. But that's the type of level that you have to take. It's high volume, and then not giving up and not getting discouraged that will keep you doing that on a regular basis. And that's a a good segue into the point about how you said earlier, Michael, don't dig a bunch of holes. Don't dig Mm -hmm. a bunch of... Don't dig a hundred holes that are a foot deep right. dig one hole it's a hundred feet deep mm-hmm. and in this example that would be making 500 contact that's right. a hundred foot hole yeah and so now on average we're like you mentioned around that closer to 100 150 contact mark which is great because i always think back to have i hit 500 contacts yet no then i need to keep keep calling right and i don't need to make excuses or make excuses about the market or nobody wants to sell their home because that's flat out not true right and you need to continue to make phone calls no matter what it is and I'm glad that that 500 contact streak happened. It was miserable going through at the time. But now everything that I line up every week from here on out, have I hit 500 contacts without setting an appointment? That answer has thankfully been no. And it is easier to stick with it and continue to set appointments and keep going hard and strong at it. And what was that, the 550 contacts, how many days was that? That was four days of, okay. of Boulder, so, so hitting, over four days of yeah. phone
0: calls. And you're hitting over 100 contacts a day. Yes, exactly.
2: So I was hitting, on average, I, I think on the Monday of Boulder, we hit 150 contacts mm-hmm. that day, and I was consistently doing 125, because I was getting frustrated. I was like, okay, today's the day I'm going to hit 125 contacts again, and I'm going to set an appointment, and then it didn't happen, and it didn't happen. And then finally, Thursday, on that fourth day, it did happen, and... Thank goodness it broke the right. 500 streak yeah. for sure. Yeah,
1: that's really why I like phones a lot because it's the most efficient. You can make a ton of phone calls, a ton of contacts in a small amount of time without even having to I mean, like walk around at all. Right. You just stand yeah. there for yeah. three hours and make 50 contacts, yeah. which is nice because you're not like door knocking is a different story. It might take you three hours and you'll only have, say, five or ten contacts versus a phone three hours. You make tons of contacts.
0: That's right. Yeah. right. Go good. Well, I was just going to say, too, and the, the way we're making such a high volume of phone calls and contacts is yeah. through a dialer. So we use Mojo Dialers, which is a triple-line dialer calling three people at once, just for everybody listening and wondering, how do you do a 125 <laughs> contacts a day? Yeah. It'd be very tough to make 125 contacts in a day Dial over the number. phone, yeah. hand dialing. Hand on. I've actually tried it back in the day where I was super, cons- like super focused on the next two hours, how many phone calls can I make? And I think I made about 60. In a two-hour period with having conversations dial and hand dialing, hand, dial hang, hand, up. hand, up. hand mm-hmm. dial, hang up, next number, hand dial, you know, I was going off a list, and about 60, so easily now we double that with the triple-on dialer, if not triple it, I guess, yeah. uh, where we can make a high volume of phone calls. And to your point, door knocking can be extremely effective. Mm-hmm. With that said, you can make a lot more contacts with the dialer because in a shorter, in the same amount of time, you're not walking around a neighborhood. Door knocking, though, is an extremely effective method because you're getting face-to-face with people. Now, I think a lot of people think that you have to bring, like, a gift for the person you're going and talking to, and I don't think that's necessary. I, I think you need to know about the area, know about the subdivision, the, the neighborhood, maybe have a market report. The key to this, though, is not passing out your business card if you're door knocking. It's collecting their data. It's collecting their data. their data, yeah, because you need to add those people into your database because there was one guy, and I'll never forget this, I, I, he came into our Keller Williams office, and... He was switching from another brokerage and and I was talking to him for a few minutes and he had door knocked like every day for six months or something, door knocked over a thousand homes every day. And I said, that's great. How much business did you get from it? And he said, well, I didn't get anything. The problem with that was he was willing to do the effort. He just didn't have the right process and he wasn't asking the right questions. So if you're going out and door knocking and and you're doing it for say 30 days and you're not getting anything in return, you need to tweak your process. It's not to say it's not working or to give up on it, but you need to be thinking about what am I not doing? Mm-hmm. Am I actually capturing their data? Because the chances of you knocking on that door and somebody saying, yeah, I'm thinking about selling, is very, very slim. But the chances of them saying, yeah, I'm thinking about it in three or four months, and then you give them a business card and never capture their information or talk to them again, that thing's going in the trash. It's going to get lost somewhere. So you've got to capture their information as well and start asking the right questions. That's great. When you, when you decide it's time to sell, do you have a realtor in mind that you're going to be working with? Uh, no, would you have allowed me the opportunity to interview with you? Great. What's a good email that I could send you my contact information? Just questions like that to get their information. That's key with any kind of lead generation strategy. With open houses too. People say open houses don't work, right? But let's talk about that. Do open houses work or don't they? Open houses absolutely work, and circle calls for inviting people to open houses also work so as well. So explain that. Too.
2: So what is that? Yeah, definitely. So say we have an open house on Sunday what we're going to start doing is typically on Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, we'll actually draw the circle around the house that we're having the open house for. So we would do maybe like a quarter mile radius and we would have all of those numbers that we pull from that list added into our three-line dialer on Mojo. So then we're calling that list and then we're letting people know that there's an open house on Sunday at 123 Main Street and that we'd love to have their opinion on the price and the condition of the home. Then we ask them if they would be able to come by. If they say yes, we plan on having the conversation with them when we, they actually get to the open house. And if not, that's okay because then we're able to ask them kind of back on the circle call basic script is do you know anybody else that's looking to either move into the area that this home that you're calling on for the open house would be a good fit for, or anybody that's willing to, to have a conversation if they know somebody that's looking to move at all? It doesn't have to be about that open house, but it's letting them know first that there is an open house in the area. If they know of anyone that's interested in moving closer to them. They had a friend or family member, and then also to take the next step and say, "Are you ever interested of in finding out how much your home would be worth in today's market?" And that was a, a, an appointment that I had set, and then that conversation goes into a listing a presentation on their house so it's less about that open house but you can then have a listing presentation on their house talk to them about what their home would be worth in today's market and then see if they wouldn't list the home they're probably not going to be ready right now then and there but then you continue to put them into that follow-up campaign Mm -hmm. so that you talk with them on a regular basis too so use everything to your advantage yeah. to have conversations. That's what this is about is communicating with people and figuring out how you can add value. And then back to, you know, the open house, which is you're trying to invite people to the open house to sell it, but there are multiple avenues of lead generation to leverage if you're having an open house and you're trying to promote the open house.
1: And how many open houses did it take you to find that appointment? That one was
2: pr- at least half a dozen. So you there there yeah, you still have to do it. And, and that's the thing is that if I called one open house and it didn't work, and I said, oh, open houses doesn't work, that's not true. Right. Because it takes practice on, on having that script and having the conversation But what I found was even if I didn't set an appointment circle calling open houses, I would have 15 to 20 people, groups of people, not individuals, groups, 15 to 20 groups, show up at the open houses on a regular basis, which is huge because you drive that momentum to sell that listing, but you're now also talking to 15 to 20 groups who may not have a realtor representing them at the actual open house. You have an easy way of picking up buyers. It doesn't matter if
0: the open house was a good fit for them or not. Agree, and I think that's the key. You have to get in front of as many people as possible and capture their information, and that's a big miss where a lot of people will do like a bold 100 where they go out and get 100 contacts, and they'll run to the mall, and they'll pass out their business cards. And that's fine, but that's not really you know, the likelihood of them actually calling you from that business card is pretty small. The likelihood of you capturing their information and following up with them to turn them into a client at some point in the future is much more significant than just, here's my card, call me if you ever hear of anybody. Mm -hmm. And and that's, the the call me part is the part that, I haven't
2: had good luck with. It's the yeah. me calling them part, right. which is really, truly generation. Because when you talk to someone and it's a week or two later and you follow up with them, you're not bothering them. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, I thought, oh, I talked to them once, that's enough, and I'm going to wait for them to talk to me. But I'll, I'll tell you right now... Whenever I follow up now, and if it's two weeks later or no matter really what the time is, no one's offended that you've called them no, back. Right. And so that was almost a really big limiting belief in the beginning that I was bothering people in the follow-up process, but it's not. You're not in any way, shape, or form bothering people, especially if you're having a conversation that adds value or you're just picking up the phone to see if their plans have changed, if there are any mm-hmm. new updates. It's very simple and it's very and easy. That's
0: a good point because that's sometimes that follow-up call is harder than that initial call because you don't know what to say. or And and even if they said, no, we're six months out, you don't want to wait six months to call. Mm -hmm. You want to be calling almost every 30 days to check in. And an easy script for that, one, we send out a monthly market report right from our CRM. So you have to have a CRM to do this. Like writing stuff down on paper is not going to work. You need to spend a little bit of money. There are cheap CRMs out there, 20 bucks a month. You need to have something to start (laughs) organizing your system. But following up every 30 days and calling them and saying, hey, just wanted to check in. It's Michael with the Group, part of Keller Williams. Just wanted to check in. I know when we spoke last month, you said you're six months from wanting to put your home on the market. Just wanted to check in and make sure nothing's changed. Or is that still the time frame? And now you're acknowledging that you listen to them. You don't want to call them and say, hey, just want to see if you're ready to sell. And they'll be like, no, I told you six months. right? And so you want to acknowledge that you were listening I know you said when we talked last month, you're six months. Has anything changed or are you deciding or are you still waiting the six months? No, we're still gonna wait the six months. Great. Thirty days later I call and have that same exact conversation. You do that every thirty days and even if they don't answer, leave a voicemail. Because the truth is like people might not answer you for three or four months, but when they're ready, they're gonna pick up the phone like they don't maybe they just don't want to talk to you or they're busy and you know life happens but when they're ready if you continue to follow up with them they're going to answer that phone call eventually or they're going to reach out in an email or text or call you and say hey I'm ready to go now can you come out the key is most people won't make 5 or 6 or 7 phone calls after the initial because they feel like they're bothering people but you're not you have to make those calls and when that person's ready they're going to pick up the phone and call
1: you i think another thing that really helps too is on your first initial uh, contact if you take really good notes yes because chances are they're probably going to forget you when you call them the mm-hmm. second time or third time if it's 30 days later they're going to have no clue who you who you are chances are so if you take really good detailed notes and you remember something that they told you yes they'll automatically pretend that they remember you <laughs> yeah, you, you exactly. know, paid attention to the details I mean, so they'll, they'll yeah. know that you
0: probably you're absolutely right about if you can call and say hey i just wanted to check in i know you had surgery yeah. Right? I know when we last talked you were going in to have surgery, you just want to see how you're feeling. Like stuff like that goes a long way with people. Yes. And then, exactly, and that's just, you know, better ways to, to make people remember. So, you know, we're kind of, we're running out of time here. So different sources of lead generation though, expires, for sale by owners, you know, door knocking, open houses, what else, just going out and farming. Farming works too. The problem with farming though, is that people send out one postcard a month and then they never get any phone calls off of it. If you're going to farm, you probably need to send two postcards a month You need to go out and make calls to the neighborhood. You need to go out and door knock. You need to show up. Yes, you need to show up, have events in the neighborhood. You can't just rely on one postcard a month. You're never going to see a return on that, or very rarely will you see a return on that. So you need to be doing a lot more to get in front of and be that person, that go-to person in the neighborhood. You can't just rely on your one postcard a month to to do it for you because it's not going to happen. So I think the key to this, though, is that anything, any type of lead generation you decide to do, you need to make sure that you, one, have a process around it. Not even have a process. You need to start doing it. You need to commit to it, start doing it, and then build your process for your follow-up because the money is going to be made in the follow-up. That's where the bulk of our business comes from. So if you're following up consistently and doing your lead generation consistently, there's no reason you can't build a big business from any type of those sources of business. And the key is figuring out which one you enjoy doing. Like for me, if I had to do open houses every day, I probably wouldn't be in this business. That's not my thing, right? But figuring out what you enjoy and then go 100 feet deep on it and and really, really start to take it to the next level. So anything else to add right now? I think we'll talk
2: more in another episode about the follow-up process that would probably be... Useful for how to add on to now that you have these leads that you're talking to. Okay, great. I've got them the first time. What do I do next? Agreed. And we can go a bit deeper on follow ups.
1: Okay. And definitely dive into like the first sale by owners, mm-hmm. expires, and cancels because. You know they're a lot different than just call circle calling. Yeah, you have to be yeah. really sharp on your scripts to you know be able to handle their objections yeah. and
0: everything. And what's cool about those is once you're really sharp on your scripts, there's only so many objections you can get, and we'll go over those. And once you have those objections down, you should be able to set appointments. That's the low hanging fruit. Those are the people that we know have a want or need to sell. So if you like this content, and like what you're hearing, make sure and subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.